Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome listeners to this latest episode of Speaking From Our Hearts podcast where today I'm joined by a lady originally from Australia but now living in London, a lady by the name of Kim Hamer. Kim, very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. And uh, interesting title you've chosen, uh, not giving too much away to start with, but a very interesting title, Kim, of 100 Cups of Coffee. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm not giving anything away yet. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the conversation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, okay, well, let's, I mean, let's, um, let's dance with this uh, intriguing title then, Kim. Brilliant. So what, what would you like to know first about how much coffee I actually drink? <laughs> well, I mean, by all means, you know, it's nice to get to know guests on a personal level. Um, yeah, as an icebreaker, I've got to confess that I'm more intrigued as to why you've chosen that title. I think it's a great title, by the way. Well, it's um, it, it's a, it's the story of my journey from corporate life to becoming an entrepreneur, Paul. Um, a, a few years back, I was in the position where I was offered package from a rather large company I was working with, and I didn't really know what I was going to do in my future. And the 100 cups of coffee was something I used as a way of taking myself forward, you know, and, and discovering what it was that perhaps I wanted to do or wanted to learn about. Um, it's also code for when I uh, uh, do workshops and train people on networking. I say things like, just go and find interesting people to have coffee with. So my 100 cups of coffee goes everywhere in life now. <laughs> As I, say, I repeat, but it's a great title. Um, I mean, is there that kind of... Uh connotation as well Kim that you know we, we have coffee I mean I personally don't drink coffee but we have coffee and you know it kind of revs us up and it you know it makes us become more alive I mean is that the kind of general essence of it that it, it jesus up a little bit um in some ways I think for me coffee is a really it's a whether you drink coffee or tea whatever that that situation is it it makes it a social it, environment. It makes it a conversation. So that's why um, people often talk about how well connected I am and how how they say good at networking. And I say, well, I don't think of it as networking. I just love chatting with people. And a great way to do that is to meet for coffee and just share notes on what you like, what you don't like, the thing you met at. Um, and it, it it's like coffee greases the wheels of conversation a bit for me. Uh, the other thing, I guess, is that uh, I'm originally from Melbourne. I've been living here in London for 16 years. And every time I go back to Melbourne, I just fall in love with coffee all over again. And it takes me about a month when I come back to London to stop being grumpy about the coffee here. Apologies <laughs> to London coffee people. <laughs> the um, And you know what, Kim, on a personal level, I absolutely get that because... 
for me, when I'm um, meeting people, whether it's personal or professional, I love to do so over a, a drink and a meal. That social side. Um, because first and foremost, you know, once we take that corporate, um, I won't use the word mask, but that corporate cloak off, underneath that, we're actually people, aren't we? First and foremost. We are. And that was one of the, the opportunities I had as well when I, you know, talked before about um, uh, taking the package from the company. I actually uh, left a couple of years ago. And one of the reasons I didn't look for a job straight away was to discover who was Kim without all this corporate stuff. Mm. I'd been in corporate life for 28 years. So that was how I knew myself and how I related to myself and to have this period of time of going, well, what's the rest of Kim about? Um, at times was quite um, disconcerting um, and a little scary, but it was liberating. It was wonderful to actually do that. Do you know what's interesting, Kim, almost to a guest, almost to a guest, it's invariably we end up at that. And I think we're kind of flirting with that question now. If if um, if I'm aligned with you fully on this, around this, bit, those three simple words, who am I? You're right. You're right. I, I don't know whether it's a... Um, an age thing or you just get to a particular uh, point in your life. Um, I speak to um, a lot of people who have been in corporate life for a long time and who start to ask themselves, is this all there is? What about the other stuff? And I think particularly when we're faced with the possibility, quite exciting possibility, but quite scary possibility of living much longer than our ancestors did. We might have another 20 or 30 years of of life to live after our formal working, if you can call it that, finishes. So that that's a lot of time to spend without your corporate hat on. I mean, for me, I started to think about uh, what I wanted to do at that point. You know, I recently turned 50 and started to think about, well, you know, how do I start doing things now that prepare me for that? How do I tap into the things I'm great at, the things I love to do. Um, and, and some of the things either I've always wanted to try or have never thought of trying, but are now on the bucket list. So I, I do wonder whether it's this, this opportunity to, I, I don't know, do we ever get the answer of who am I, but we get the answer of more you know, more about who we are, if that makes sense. We're sort of multidimensional, I think, mm. when we start to ask that question. I think we raise our awareness about becoming more holistic is, is, is where I've, because having followed some of the, um, you know, the great practitioners over the years, um, dare I say, from the spiritual to the business to the out and out, just pragmatic, you know, mm. that question is usually in the pot somewhere. Uh, and I think it's such a massive, you know, and I've heard the kind of stereotypical answers of uh, we are pure consciousness. Well, okay, try try using that line on the average man or woman in the street and you're <laughs> going to get a strange look. Um, and it's interesting that I've had a conversation with, uh, with a lady today, earlier on today, Kim, around a chapter in one of the Speaking From A Heart's book, books and it's around this kind of whole 
oneness philosophy. And I'm just mindful that we might be going a little bit off track here, but I think it's a valid point that certainly runs parallel with what we're talking about in as much that the, you know, the paradox of uh, oneness is this whole duality of, of life, you know, whether we like it or not, because, you know, just as we kind of alluded to maybe, and I use the word maybe, wearing a corporate mask um, or certainly taking on a different uh, part of our identity, you know, to, um, you know, to be in that particular style of world um, is this kind of, but underneath that, irrespective of whether I'm in the corporate world, doesn't matter what world I'm in, because first and foremost, I need to be in my world, whatever that is. And there's this whole peeling back of layers, isn't there, of who we thought we were, because, you know, we're kind of taught from an early age, to, to whatever degree, to survive, to fit in, you know, to progress, and all these things without actually um, questioning at an early age. Yeah, but why? What, 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 why do I need to do that? We kind of just do it, don't we? We go from that doing in the early stages to that being more, I think, as we get more spiritually aware, uh, more enlightened, call it what you will, but certainly aware. Um, and I think that's what wisdom and maturity gives us, Kim. So I think you're absolutely right. We start asking bigger questions as we get older because we've got that. We know how to ask bigger questions. I, I think you're right, Paul. I, I agree with that. A lot of it, it, as you were speaking there, I was thinking about um, some of the people I've been working with in corporate who, um, I mean, my story is up until this time last year, I had no plans to be an entrepreneur. I was going to get a job back in corporate um, and do some other things. And then, you know, I can talk a little bit about that later. But some things kind of emerged and I had this like epiphany where I went, I can't find a Kim-shaped box in corporate anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to build it myself. And that's a lot of the, the, the I guess, the attraction uh, of people who come to my workshops and, and approach me about coaching is that, they see there's something holistic about what I do. I don't, I think in corporate life, what I did was separate my corporateness and I was very disciplined about saying, I don't take that home. I don't take that elsewhere. Whereas now there's this whole life and I've managed to tap into um, the things that I'm great at, not always what I enjoy. Um, and then the things I really love and what that does is gives me, me energy and passion and drive to keep building my businesses um, and to keep, you know, sharing this belief is that, you know, we've got everything we need. We just mm -hmm. need to start looking at ourselves in different ways and opening ourselves up to new thinking and new communities and things like that. So, and that was very much what happened to me in moving into the entrepreneur space. Yeah. Do you find, Kim, that in the relative infancy of your, if I can be allowed to call it a new journey or new phase, that sure. you look back now and think, blimey, I should have done this years ago. I mean, <laughs> do you know, I mean, that's, that's hindsight, which obviously to quote a, a well-known cliche is, uh, is a wonderful thing, as you say, marvellous. Mm -hmm. um, but... I mean, I suppose another way of framing that question, Kim, did you, was at any time in your corporate life, was you ever aware of, 
what am I doing here? This is just not me. But the pay is good and X, Y or Z. And do you know what? Just get on with it. You know, or, or was it a kind of later realisation stroke reflection? You're right. I have in this last year um, said to myself so often, I can't believe I never thought of doing this before. I can't believe I waited so long. Um, you know, I am just so in love with my life right now. Mm. I have my rubbish days, but... For the most part, there's joy and passion and it's great. But I think what, when I look back, I don't think you can look back and go, I wish I had it earlier, because I think everything combined to give me that moment of going, oh my, mm. I can't find the Kim Shake box. I had to almost step away and, re and, and have a look and go, so what is the Kim Shaped box? What really is it? It's not just the corporate person. And I did, I loved um, probably 90% of my corporate life. Um, I had amazing opportunities. I did some jobs that were actually quite entrepreneurial, even though I worked for either family businesses or big companies or whatever. So I think it's interesting that some of, I look back and see, aha, there was a pattern of behavior there, but I got enough um, in return from the companies I was working with because I was put into turnaround divisions, bring them back to profit, start new things, launch new things, um, work with customers. That's so all the stuff I love. So I got enough out of it, but then there just came a point when I was perhaps just open and ready to say, it's time to actually invent this for myself. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know that I would have come to that earlier. Yeah. And or maybe come to that with as much certainty. Yeah. I mean, it was scary when I went, I'm taking myself off the market. I'm going to build a business. I don't know what I'm going to do, but this is the road for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I kind of deliberately asked that question, Kim, to, um, to I suppose, reinforce the point that you've just made, because that is um, obviously a very good point that, for the benefit of listeners, whether we're talking about corporate work or not, is actually secondary. What we're talking about here are more universal principles of life that serve us all, whether we wear a suit or whether we wear a pair of overalls is totally irrelevant because that, wherever we was then, in that moment in time, for all those years, was where we was meant to be. Um, you know, when I was a child, I used to take size three shoes. They fitted me at the time. They don't fit me now. It's not where I'm at. Yeah. Um, but is I think I just mentioned that, Kim, to reinforce the point that it's very easy for the mind to trick us, isn't it? And say, yeah. well, do you know what? No, oh, Kim, Paul, Fred, Joe, Bill, whoever, what have you done with your life? Because the mind, as we know, um, can equally be the master magician as well as the master trickster. Um, yeah. And obviously, from a listener point of view, it's just to sort of flag up that, you know, whatever we've done, enjoy that reflection of looking back, but certainly mm. don't beat yourself up about should have, would have, could have, because it's, exactly. it, it's irrelevant, isn't it? And it's also, I think you're, you're absolutely right, Paul. Um, I think the other thing, too, is a thing I learned long ago for myself is the minute my mind goes should, it's like a trigger for me where I go, okay that that's shoulding that's not that's not powerful that's you know what's going on here so should's a bit of an alarm bell for me to just go and think about okay so i should do that why do i think i should do that what's behind that rather than just being driven 
by it. And I, you know, the other thing that really resonated when you were talking then was, um, you know, I mentioned I turned 50 recently. Actually, I had a, um, a rough time turning 47, unusually. Usually people have rough times with the big birthdays. I chose a different one um, because I thought I was halfway through life and I had no vision of of how I was going to fill the next 47 years. And I went through a real slump. My mind was just going, well, here you are, you know, how are you going to fill the next 47 years, Kim? And it took a couple of months, but uh, again, it was it was dwelling in that, continuing to have my 100 cups of coffee uh, with lots of different people. But there was a moment there where I turned around and said, hang on a minute, I've got half, I've got another life I could build. You know, I've done all right this, this last 47 years from a standing start of nothing. Imagine what I could do with the next 47. I could actually create a whole different life if that's what I wanted to do. And again, that was a really empowering moment, but it came off the back of quite quite a dark couple of months of thinking that what was I going to do with myself? A couple of things there, listening to that, Kim. Language is absolutely critical. Our self-talk is absolutely critical, isn't it? Um, it is. I'm just finishing the, the chapter off of the uh, latest Speaking From a Heart, book three. And within that, I'm talking about exactly the same thing at the end around this. For many years, I had a character, um, an identity called Shufflefoot. He <laughs> was a victim because his shoulders were down. He looked at the floor and he shuffled his feet along the ground and... Oh, Kim, I couldn't begin to tell you my problems because whatever problems you think you've had, I tell you, girl, you've never had a problem like mine. And if you've got a black cat, I've got two black cats. <laughs> and that was that was that was the self-fulfilling prophecy of decades that we mm. shuffle fought. And this language and this whole identity and this belief system that we buy into. Uh, which for me led to years of violence and addiction, attempted suicide, depression, all the labels I gave myself and, and people were happy to give me as well because mm. when you're in victim mode, it's like picking up a cold. You, you, you know, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything. And boy, did I, I spent so much time on the ground, usually because I was drunk, um, <laughs> that it, it was untrue. And so that yeah. use of language now is, okay, Paul, boy, you're Superman. You really are Superman. And people mm. think that's okay. Well, con yourself. No, no, it's not conning. It's actually being, and another word that you use there, I love the word creative about the reality of how we see our beliefs. Because for me, Kim, and I'm very, very interested to hear your thoughts on this. Um, before I, no, okay, I'm going to stop myself there. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, if I may, around beliefs. What, what are your... What are your beliefs around beliefs? Wow. I don't think I've ever been asked that question before. <laughs> it's a first on the dance floor. <laughs> it is. It is. Thank you. It's my first, my first, uh, the first for the day. Um, my, my belief about beliefs. I think there's some things, if I think about, I'm trying to think about myself, actually. There are things I believe and I can see that I believe them if that makes sense. Like my head goes, oh, you believe in doing the right thing by people and you believe that it's important to give back and you believe all these things. But 
I think there's something deeper. Yeah. We, it's almost like there's an autopilot underneath that, that often we don't delve into and say, well, what's the underlying belief? What's the thing that's running the show? What's the thing that, that makes Kim Kim? You know, there, there's a lot of beliefs on the top and they, they may change, they may not, but I do think there's something, there's something deeper that's about, and I don't know whether it's about belief or purpose or, I think, you know, I, I, it's funny, I'm reading the Celestine Prophecy. I haven't read it for a very long time. And, I, and it's interesting, it's stirring up some questions about belief and how that relates to purpose. So I don't even know whether I've answered that question for you, Paul, but there you go that's what i have for you <laughs> yeah no that's fine kim and, and and i value that feedback i really do because um it's a question that um it's interesting you mentioned purpose because that's something that i focus on quite a lot in in my perfect wearing my professional hat um well wearing a hat full stop but mm. my beliefs around beliefs are they're all false mm. and you kind of if I heard you correctly, Kim, you kind of teased that out of yourself there to say, you know, you've, okay, your words were slightly different in as much as there's something deeper, something underneath, rather than this kind of, you know, almost, and I, you know, please allow me to play devil's advocate and challenge me accordingly. Go for it. Go for it. This whole kind of, well, it's expected that, you know, we, we are giving back and it's expected that we do this, but underneath... What is really going off? Because there are things that's going off underneath that, you know, we that we may or may not fully understand. Um, and so for me, what I've come to deduce, um, and I put it to the test by um, asking a guy called Jim Britt, who was actually Jim Rohn's business partner for 10 years mm -hmm. and Tony Robbins' coach. And I actually said to him, that old adage, Jim, which is right? Do we believe to see... Or do we see to believe? Mm. And as all good mentors will do, uh, Kim, he made me answer my own question. <laughs> when, I, when I just wanted a simple black or white, yes or no, closed answer, um, yes. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I should have known better. Um, yes. But the answer was eventually that, you know, I stroke we came to was, Neither. Neither and both, because beliefs are all false. They're temporary stepping stones that serve us at that. It's a story we create in our minds around who we think we are. And yeah. I think that phrase there, Kim, who we think we are, if I mm. heard you correctly, that was very, very much encompassed with what you you were saying there of, yeah, but who is the real Kim? Mm. Who is the... And I love yeah, I love exploring that. I'm in this sort of stage, I think particularly because I've gone through one, such a big life change, and two, that all of a sudden I'm going, wow, where did all this joy and passion and energy come from? Mm. Let's explore that. So yeah. I'm kind of fascinated by by that journey, that my own, fascinated by myself at the moment. How, how rude, <laughs> how, how selfish. <laughs> well, you know. I think there's a really... Um, you know, when I speak to people, um, you know, my work is often about, you know, uh, taking people from corporate to entrepreneur. But it doesn't have, as you said before, it doesn't have to be corporate to entrepreneur. It can be anything, mm. any transition in life. And it starts with reflecting on who you think you are mm. um, and then noticing, I think, paying attention as you go along 
to how how that might change as you as you notice things so once you pay attention you go well actually i always thought i would put integrity at the top of the list of personal values but actually what comes up all the time is joy mm. you know that's what i chase let me ask you if i make him a very on the surface of it what's a very simple question um do you feel that mastering life call it the game of life if you will some people take objection to using it as a game because it makes it sound competitive or whatever but you know there's no judgment on that it is what it is but do you feel kim that mastering life mastering the game of life is a simple game to play at its core i suspect it's simple but not easy and that is usually 99 times out of 100 the the yeah the response that, that mm. people give um Okay, so if I can be allowed to share, Kim, why I ask you that question. Of course, go right ahead, Paul. <laughs> the very first podcast, um, just over, just a touch over a year ago, was Mastering Life is as simple as ABC. And it strikes me, uh, Kim, that in this kind of what was seemingly a going to be uh, around a corporate-focused uh, background and that transition um, yes that's been the sort of you know the, the foundation of it but the ABC so mastering life or, or, or words to that effect is as simple as ABC and the simplicity is and we, we've touched upon all three of these semi-consistently in this very brief conversation the first thing is the A of awareness what are we actually aware? What do we actually know or aware of at this moment in time? What's our starting point for anything where we're going to go, whether it's a physical journey or learning something new? What do we actually know at this moment in time? What's our level of awareness? And I think that's, for me, everything, that's the starting point. The proverbial line in the sand that said, right, I'm here. Um, and it's interesting on that one that the mind usually creeps in when you get to a certain uh as you say sort of a half century mark yeah but you should be further down the line at your age you shouldn't be scratching your head asking questions like this you should already be there i've had that a lot um so the b is the beliefs what do we actually buy into what's the story what's our story and and that's fine so long as we're aware it's a script it's a story and it serves us and if it doesn't then we'll write a new chapter it's a bit like i suppose writing a manuscript and you know or typing or whatever um we've made a mistake do you know what i don't like that particular chapter okay just rip it out and, and, and tear it up and the c is the creativity to think about things other than what our mind just wants us to think and i think we've already kim given a few examples of that you know simply framed would have could have should have um so i kind of just throw that in your your direction um kim to sort of chop up challenge agree with disagree with as a simplistic framework because then i'm going to i'm going to shoot my own model down anyway but i'd like you to <laughs> i'd like you to do it first if you wish oh okay brilliant okay i see where this is going um <laughs> I, it 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 sounds like a great story paul yeah <laughs> if you yep. believe that um yep. so when you were talking about it i thought your 
you're right in one way, and it sounds like a really simple process, but it's not necessarily a linear process, no. I don't think. And no. I think when we talk about ABC or one, two, three, um, you know, even when we, we do circular type, cyclical type processes, it makes it feel like one step needs to come before the other. And I just think life's a messy deal. Mm. You know, the, the, the insights, I think, that you get from awareness, from the beliefs and, and getting that shift about a belief is not fundamental and unchangeable. It's actually a way I view the world and that mm. can be changed. Um, and then I think people view creativity really differently. But I think what happens is that, you know, there might be awareness of something, you might create something and you might go back and, you know, think about the story behind it. You know, I don't think it's a linear process. And I think that's probably the, the elements I think are quite simple, but it's not easy because it's messy and it's not in a nice, neat order for us with nice, neat results at the end to say, aha, I've now mastered life. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're stepping stone. It's a framework, isn't it? And the reason I said uh, just prior to your answer, Kim, and thank you for that, um, why I said I'm going to rip my own model to pieces, because that's exactly what it is. It's a model. It's a template. It's a guideline. Um, I, the, the paradox is I actually believe now, knowing what um, I'm aware of, that the doing is actually very simple as well. Once we know that, you know, we're our mind is in the process and treat it as our best friend and not let it bully us. There's, there's a subtle difference. I call it tail does not wag dog. Yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's about having these subtle insights around, you know, learning the, the rules of the game, so to speak. Um, and I think they're very simple rules and taking control of this is my life to, to, to quote the, uh, the amazing Dame Shirley Bassey with that, that, that song that I play daily um, and where she says, look, it's, it's simple. Love makes the world go round. I've been hurt. I've been battered, bruised, whatever, emotionally, physically, but I don't care because this is my life. I'm taking control of it and, and I'm going to take that responsibility. I mean, of course, I'm paraphrasing there, but mm. the power of those words for all of us, I believe, Kim, does make it simple because it's only when we start to give away that control and that power um, mm. that it does become complicated and the media are out there sort of on their own agendas and telling us what's best for us. And, you know, the personal development world's best, you know, they're telling us mm. what all the gurus are out there telling us what's best for us. And it's like, hang on, am I not best placed to tell me what's best for me? Even if my level of awareness is not that high at the moment. And yes, I'm going to go on a voyage of discovery and make quite a lot of mistakes, but at least they're my, it's my journey and it's my mistakes. And, and to quote Dame Shirley, you know, this is my life. And I think there's, mm. a, there's a big difference there. But where I rip it to pieces, Kim, just to finish this particular thread off, is it's just a framework. Because I think the reality is more the more and more our awareness grows, we realise that this physical structured thing that we buy into, this body, this mind, is actually not who we are, actually, you know, who we are at our true core self. But that's a, probably another conversation another time. So it's about kind of, I suppose, peeling back the layers of this whole identity thing, which brings us nicely back to the corporate 
identity that you had for for all those years, Kim, and the and the kind of am I wrong to say polarized space you'll find yourself in now? Is it, am I playing too sort of strong on those words? Um, I think it it's probably not a polarized space. Actually, I just feel like it's this enhanced space. I feel. Mm. Um, when I say I feel bigger, more expanded, more liberated, uh, I often say to people, it's like in corporate life, um, I had the corners shaved off. And I feel like since leaving, it's still all, all of that's there, but it's like the spiky bits that make me, me have grown back. It's a funny, it's a, I've just got this really visual image of, you know, um, of this shaving the corners off and making you smooth so you fit in and all of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the things as an Australian, um, I've been in London for 16 years, so I have become more mellow, but you know, I'm, I'm direct. And then I'm also, my father's Dutch, so I'm very direct. And I made a lot of mess when I came across to the UK because people are not so direct and they didn't quite get what I was coming from. Um, so that probably started a bit of a process of shaving the corners off. And then I just took that further into corporate life. And now there's a feeling of, well, I don't want to shave the corners off anymore. This is it. This is who I am. And this is, I will develop and grow. And who knows who I'll be in five, 10 years time, this time next year. But, you know, no more shaving the corners off. Mm. At this stage of the... Um... Of, of the conversation, Kim, I as I start as we start to wind things down, bring to a close. At right at the end, I want to ask you a big question. But before okay. I do, um, and I can hear you thinking, we've well, already asked me too, Paul. When's this going to stop? You, you keep <laughs> prefacing it with uh, yeah, that. yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm playing on the fear element of the mind. Um, <laughs> oh, come on, bring it on! <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but before we come to that one, uh, that that one question, Kim, um, I just want to say first and foremost, thank you. It's been, uh, for me personally, as the host, it's been an, a very entertaining dance, as I like to call it, um, a dance with duality. And so I want to ask you and invite you to share with uh, with our listeners how people can get in touch with you, what's your contact details, how can they reach out to you? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, and firstly, let me say thank you for having me um, on Speaking From The Heart. Um, I've loved the conversation. It's gone in places I didn't think it would go. And I think um, the big questions have been interesting, challenging, and made me think a bit more. So thank you, Paul. Um, so I um, can be reached all over the place, actually. Um, my, um, I'm on all social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, and you'll find me under Kim Hamas. So it's K-Y-M, so that's Kim with a Y, H-A-M-E-R, uh, at Artemis Futures, which is my, my handle on Twitter and um, Instagram. But if you Google Kim Hamer, you will find me um, everywhere. And please reach out. Um, I'd be happy to, to connect and, and talk a bit more. Super. Thank you, Kim. So the big question then, or should we say question number three, 
obviously, Kim, you you know you've 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 lived a life. Um, you've got some very wide experiences. Um, in my humble opinion, I think you've got some great views, some balanced views. At the risk of sounding slightly judgmental on on that, um, I think it's you know it's certainly been a pleasure to have danced with you, so to speak. Um, so you've got a lot of insights, a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom to share. If I was to put you on the spot and say, Kim, you can only, your parting legacy to the world, you can only impart one brief knockout punch of a message. What would that one message be to the world, Kim? This is my mantra for life. Your future is taking shape with or without you. So it's up to you to decide how you're going to live it. Superb. Very powerful. Very powerful. Um, and you know what I love about these these questions at the end, Kim, invariably, as, you, as you've just done there, it's really kind of condensed down into those few powerful words that, you know, there's no chapter and verse about it. It's like, bang, you ask for it, there it is. Big question, big answer, Paul. Simple as that. And it's, you know, <laughs> kind of brings back that word simple, which is a very, very nice note, I think, to close on. You know, I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to close on that. Remember, listeners, mastering life is as simple as ABC. Hearts, helping everyone achieve results towards success. <laughs>